Well, good morning. Who thought daylight savings was a good idea? Are you a coffee drinker? Well, they laughed at that at 8.30. I think it was more meaningful then. Well, Tim was going to do a three-week series. He originally planned to do a three-week series, but he's uh, doing a marriage conference with his wife today. So we're going to miss him. We're going to miss his videos. Yeah, we will. And uh, we'll, we'll see him see him back. But the last two weeks, we've been identifying a problem that we all face. Tim named it discontentment, an inward angst, longings that just can't seem to be fulfilled. No matter what we try, what we go after, those longings stay unfulfilled. We long for health, yet we live in a world of disease. We long for life, yet death is inevitable. We long for love, unconditional love, but we're imperfect people, living with imperfect people, letting each other down. That longing for love. I really resonate with that. Suzanne and I have been married 30 years now, and um, it goes pretty good most of the time, but sometimes things things aren't, aren't smooth. And there's that longing, and you get once in a while glimpses of unconditional love. And you just go, yes, this is what it's about. Wish this could be every minute of every day. It is most of the time. Last week, we were doing the yard Saturday, Saturday morning. And you know, the rains had come, they'd gone, and everything had grown. There were flowers, shrubs, everything was just full. So we had to clean up the yard. So we were out there doing it. The sun was shining, but it was still kind of cool. Suzanne loves music, so I'd gotten her a little outdoor wireless speaker. So she was listening to Keith Urban country love songs. You know the songs exactly, right? So, so we're there working. We're all muddy, you know, get, you know, just just doing our work. And, and a certain song comes on that that we kind of resonated with, and all of a sudden our eyes meet, and we start dancing in the flowers and the weeds. You know, like being in that movie we'll never be in. You know, it just it just felt like yes. <laughs> A glimpse, a glimpse of, of love. Uh, we have longings in ourselves. And the, the cause of this longing, the cause of this discontentment that we have is, is that we live in a, a world that is not how God set it up. We live in a world where, where there's evil, where there's pride, where there's arrogance, where there's jealousy. And, and so the longings that we have within us that God created in us can't be met here. It, it, it's sin that, that, that's part of our lives. And the solution the scripture gives is an invitation. It's an invitation to step out. An invitation to step out in obedience. An invitation to step out in obedience and trust Jesus Christ. God the Son who came to earth, who died for our sin so that we could be forgiven of our shame, we could be forgiven of guilt, we could be forgiven of sin, we could be changed within so that we could have capacity to fill those longings in the living God who created us. The solution's an invitation. And we've all been given that invitation to to follow Christ to commit our lives to him, to feel his presence in our lives. 
And we continue as believers to continue to step out because we're to live our life by faith. Each day we are to continue to step out and trust him, step out and, and love others, listen to his voice and take a further step. Jesus calls us to step out. And when we step out in obedience, several things happen. First, our faith is strengthened. Our faith is strengthened. We more fully understand who God is and that he is with us when we step out in faith, when our faith is strengthened. I have a a cousin who used to be a test pilot for Boeing. So when the planes rolled off the line, he would jump in the seat and he'd say, okay, it's on me. Let's test them. Or when they do a D-check where they take a plane completely all apart and then put it back together again. He'd be the first one in there. Let's, let's take it. And, and that's a, a strengthening. He would have faith in the plane. And we would have faith in the plane. Because he went and did that. When we step out in faith, our faith is strengthened. Also, our trust is deepened. When we step out in obedience, our trust is deepened. We know he's there. We can trust him. I remember Sarah, our little quiet daughter, um, very shy. We'd be at the edge of the pool. And I'd say, Sarah, jump. Daddy will catch you. She was, you know, really? No, she wouldn't. Come on, Sarah, daddy will catch you. And then all of a sudden she makes that one jump. And then I'm busy for the next two hours. You know how it is with kids. That, That trust, once we step out, our trust is deepened in God that he will be there. Or one of the activities we use when we do short-term training is the trust walk. We take two people and we blindfold one and they hold on to someone's arm and that person, that good friend, takes them for a walk around campus or around home. And it's fascinating as you look at these two people, you know exactly how this team is going to work out. Sometimes you have someone who just can't take a step. Even if they're holding on to someone, they're just afraid of that step. Some of them boldly go. Some people who are leading their friends take them over a curb on purpose, right? Uh, There's those guys. That's the high school team. Yep, they do that. (laughs) We watch it happen. But that's trust. As we step out, our trust is deepened in the living God. And thirdly, when we step out in obedience, our lives are transformed. God does something in us that changes us from the inside, that makes us better people. Well, today's talk is a mixture of looking at how the early church stepped out in faith, looking at how our church last year took a big step of faith into Love Europe, and then talking about what our next step of faith is as individuals. The early church, they stepped out, and we read about it in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, it starts in Acts 1-8, where Jesus tells them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That was Jesus' call to his disciples to say, step out. You guys are afraid. I'm not going to be with you, but I want you to step out. And they did. And the first nine chapters of the book of Acts, we see them stepping out, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the Jews in Jerusalem and Judea. And people were transformed. People were strengthened. Things happened. But then in Acts 10, there's a pivot we talked about. 
The pivot is instead of the gospel, the good news that gives people light and life, instead of just for the Jews, it's now for all people. It started when that sheet came down when Peter had a vision and in it were clean and unclean animals. You remember that story? And God was telling Peter, look, the good news of Jesus Christ just isn't for one type of people. It's for all people. And Peter went to Cornelius's house, who was a Roman centurion. And then from Acts 10, we see the gospel, the good news spreading in town after town of Europe. And then throughout history, the good news has spread as people step out in faith. Their faith is strengthened. Their trust is deepened. Their lives are transformed. And then we get to Acts chapter 19. You can turn there if you have your Bibles with me this morning where something wonderful happens. Because in Acts 18, Paul has been in Corinth. And in Corinth, things have been rough, but he's taught there for a year and a half. God told him to stay there, appeared to a vision. Some people have come to know the Lord, Priscilla, Aquila, Apollos. And so he moves on. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says, while, Paul, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Now that means Paul was stepping out. He was moving on. But instead of going across the bay to Ephesus, he goes all the way up through Europe and back down again. Not a safe journey, not a great journey, but he did it. He stepped out. And in verse 8, here's what happens when he got to Ephesus. He entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, which was the name for Christians. They were called the way. So Paul left them and he took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years. So look at this. So that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Paul heard God's voice, took a step of obedience, and people were changed and his life was changed as well. It goes on in verse 17. It says, The name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. In verse 20, in this way the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. As people stepped out in faith, lives were transformed in a powerful way. In the second half of Acts 19, a riot breaks out because so many people's lives were transformed. So many people came to Christ that the artisans, those that, the silversmiths who were making gods to Artemis, their business started lagging and they thought Christians are not good for our business and they started a riot. And it got big and big, bigger and bigger as the chapter goes on. In verse 30, it said, Paul wanted to appear before the crowd. As they met, Paul said, I'm in. I want to go. Paul always liked action. Remember a quote a missionary gave? It said, wherever Paul went, there was a revival or a riot. Wherever I go, they serve me tea. There's something wrong with that. Paul was just loved action. He loved the chaos. He wanted to go. A few months ago, Suzanne and I were in eating in the food court in Brea Mall. And I'm having my great big Chipotle uh, chicken salad there, half healthy, half not. I eat the healthy part whatever that is. And all of a sudden, a large group came in, dressed in black, chanting militantly, bullhorns, yelling. Here's what they were saying. 
Humane murder is a lie. It's not food, it's violence. They were accusing me of eating chicken and causing violence. We are all animals. And man, I love chaos. So I am just, I'm ready to go. I want to confront them, security. They were there a good while, security left them alone. And I wanted to go, right? And Suzanne looked at me and said, sit down, Dan. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I love a good fight. This was going to be, you know, a pleasant fight. It was an argument, a discussion. I I just love chaos. (laughs) I love to move in the chaos. No, sit down. That was Paul, moved into chaos. But it said the disciples would not let him go. No, Paul, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. You shouldn't go there. And in the middle of chaos, his friend said no, but that's the story of Christianity. The story of Christianity is people coming to know Christ, hearing his voice, taking steps of obedience. Their faith strengthened, their trust deepened, and their lives changed. It's a wonderful story that we're a part of. Paul moved on from Ephesus. He ended up in Rome where he was in a prison. And while in the prison in the end of his life, he remembered the church in Ephesus that stood so strong against the goddess Diana and the goddess of Artemis that he wrote them a letter. It's called the letter to the Ephesians. You can turn there if you have a Bible. Ephesians chapter 3, he tells them or he writes a prayer for them, a prayer that encapsulates this life of stepping out in obedience. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, there's the strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There's that strengthened by faith. The word strengthen is really for for the setting of concrete. When you set concrete, that's what Paul says. I I want your faith to be strengthened so that whatever comes, you're going to be strong in your faith and others will be strong as well. I thought of this week while I was mixing some cement in my backyard. Adam, our son, is going to be deployed in uh, the next month and over to Asia. He's a JAG officer. He's going to be the JAG officer of a battalion, 1,200 men. And he is so excited. His mother's not. Neither is his girlfriend. But he's excited, right? A Marine wants to go. Let, let's do it. So I thought the way I can honor him is to fly the colors at home, right? So when he's gone, I'm going to put up a flagpole. And I'm going to fly the American flag, the Marine Corps flag. So I put up this flagpole. And um, wouldn't you know, Santa Anna's blue last week. And all of a sudden, when I went back in the house, Suzanne said, is the flagpole supposed to be leaning like that? You know, it's like a 45 degree angle, eventually fell down. So I had to go out, mix cement, and watch kind of cement harden. Until now, it's just, it's up there. You come down Lambert, you see it, the colors are flying. I love it. I don't know if all the neighbors do, but I love it, you know. Um, But that's what Paul says, we're to be strengthened, we're to be set like cement as we step out in faith. And then later on, he says in verse 18, may have power together with the Lord's holy, whoop, I got the wrong verse there. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. I want your trust to be deepened. I want it to be rooted in love. I want you to know, he says to his people, that I love you. That God loves 
each one of us. He goes on in that passage to talk about the height, the depth. If we know that God loves us, how much different we would view our lives. I saw this powerfully last night as we went to the movies and saw The Shack. Don't look at me like that. Tim told us to go watch movies, didn't he, last week? So I'm just obeying the preacher, right? So we saw it, and if it, it's, it's, you know, that's different for me because I, I grew up with, with a dad who said the first syllable of cinema is sin. Never go to movies. So I respected him for that, and um, he, uh, he went to one, one movie in his life that I knew of. It was a few years ago. It was um, before he passed away. It was The Passion of the Christ. One of his neighbors said, I'd like to go see the Passion of Christ. Would you go with me? So dad, he's always eager to share his faith, went with this person to see the, the, the Passion of the Christ. Halfway through, the guy was so moved and broken that he just had to leave. He was crying. He went out, sat down in the lobby. Dad went out and sat with him, led him to the Lord, and dad took off. <laughs> he, he knows the end of the story, he said. So... <laughs> But in the shack, there's this guy, Mac, who loses his daughter. And God appears to him in a unique way and tells him, I love you. And to see the transformation that happens in his life when he catches that God loves him, even in his grief, even in his pain. The scripture says we have fullness in verse 19. And to know this love which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness, we're strengthened, our trust is deepened, and we're transformed. Our lives are full of God and who he is. Well, we are to live stepping out in faith every day in our lives. And being a part of this fellowship, I just see it all the time. Young families who are part of little league teams who are being a light in their community. Folks that are feeding the homeless Friday nights in La Palma Park. Those that are going to El Dorado Motel feeding on Wednesday. Those that, that, that are, are reaching out into Maple doing mentoring. Right? We're stepping out. Strengthens us. Transforms lives. But this year something unique happened. Or last year. As a church we took a big step. We took a huge step. We chose to love Europe. And it shouldn't have happened. You know, the beginning of last year, we lost our senior pastor. The bombings started happening in Europe, the Paris bombing and other capitals. The economy here was not going well. This was the year to hibernate, to pull back, to capture our resources, not to spend money, not to ask anyone to do anything. Let's hide. And we said, no, no, we're going to step out. And when you came in, you received a little report on what happened with Love Europe. As we stepped out, as we heard God's call from friends in Europe saying, come help us, we stepped out. And I I think I feel like as Peter stepped out of the boat into the water and he could stand, it was like, yes, it happened. Today, we just want to give you a small glimpse of, of the wonder of what God did. 10% of our congregation went. We tithed our congregation. Over $700,000 came in above our budget. Staff and different ones and teams went on 25 teams. It was a wonderful movement of what God did in our midst. At the very front of this brochure, it lists all the professions of people in our church that went. And as I read this, I thought, this is what church is about. And I'm going to read it. 
There were artists, architects, contractors, electricians, engineers, and plumbers, welders, accountants, bankers, doctors, dentists, nurses, therapists, composers, musicians, athletes, coaches, counselors, pastors, professors, speakers, teachers, students, children, retirees, salespersons, missionaries, photographers, videographers, homemakers, business owners, insurance agents, marketing executives, cooks and chefs, mental health therapists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, sign language specialists, and soon-to-be missionaries. That's us. We all went in a wonderful way. All types of us went. And the rest that didn't go gave generously and prayed as we prayed as we paraded our teams by most Sundays to pray for them. And the other number, as I opened this and I saw the number of Bibles given in northern Greece, 306. 133 Bibles were distributed by our team. We had a team of 10 people that went to northern Greece. They joined over 430 other people who delivered over 120,000 New Testaments in 498 villages so that 380,000 people were able to get near a New Testament. Wonderful stories. But not all our teams were smooth. As you can imagine, travel was rough. One team was stuck in LAX for a couple days. Team dynamics are always a challenge as we're tired, as we're human. Expectations were not always realized as, as tasks and ministries changed. But God did something special. And we did a series of videos showing what happened in Love Europe. And I just want you to see the first minute of the first video. They'll be posted online. But here's the first minute of Robin Dingfelder, who led our team from our church. Here's the video. Missionary Hudson Taylor once wrote, I have found in every work of God that there are three stages. First, it's impossible then it is difficult, and then it is done. capture what God did, but I want to bring Robin up to share a little bit of some of the stories of what God did. Let's welcome Robin, our leader. Love Europe. Yeah. Thanks. Wasn't that great? It's such a great reminder of all that God has done in and through this congregation in the last year plus. I have to say that stepping out as the Love Europe leader really was an opportunity to see God strengthen my faith and deepen my trust. I often felt like I was just watching a movie and that God was directing the people and the circumstances and I was just hoping that it was all going to make sense along the way and that he was going to get the glory in the end. And I was excited to be a part of this Love Europe um, team and vision. I had served as a missionary in Europe and I love leading teams. I love this church. And I really felt like God had used, had orchestrated the events of my life to bring me to an opportunity to serve such a time as this. But as a stay-at-home mom of two little ones, my time is limited, um, often to nap times and um, odd times in between. And so I felt like lack of time and lack of faith sometimes were were, um, 
hurdles that I had along the way, that this was such a big vision, and I didn't know, God, how on earth were we going to accomplish this? How are you going to do it? And Lord, if you are, if you can still use me, I'm willing. I don't want to miss out on this. So it was really exciting to see him provide every step along the way. Um, as an example of that, um, I, as a leader, you get that bird's eye view of, of things that are going on across all of the teams and the projects. And one of my first tasks was to create a leadership team because there was no way we were going to be able to do this on our own. And so Dan and I asked various individuals if they would participate. We thought, oh, maybe this person would be a good fit. And I was surprised how many no's we got along the way. And it was a little overwhelming. I thought, how on earth are we going to put this team together? And yet, every time we finally did find that right person for the job, it was the perfect fit. It was a perfect fit for that role, for that person, for, that, for our team together. And working in that um, leadership team was one of the biggest blessings for me personally along the way. So many times they reminded me, God's got this. He, he knows the details. He's got this. And so we, we encouraged and championed um, together. God is, God is doing a great thing here. Um, when it came time to train our short-term teams, I was still without a training leader, and that was making me nervous. And I, we asked several people, and they still said no, or I could, I could help a little bit. And I found that here we were just a few weeks out from training all of our teams, and I ended up being the de facto training leader. There just wasn't anybody else to do it. And I thought, man, I'm short on time. I don't really like public speaking. I'm not really sure how this is going to come together. Um, I felt really ill-prepared. But actually, in doing it, I found that I loved creating the content, and I loved leading that group time. And i got to say, I'm looking out at this group, and I'm recognizing so many faces that were a part of Love Europe and went on those teams. For those of you who weren't in those training times, it, I wish you were there. It was electric to see all of those groups come together. And they were excited to get to know each other as a team, and they were anticipating the great things that God was going to do in and through them as a team, as they went to serve in Europe. So it was really exciting to see them as they're anticipating what God was going to do. And God knew that I couldn't do it on my own. He gave this great support team, and he revealed creative options and resources that we had to shore up the areas that I didn't um, have the knowledge or experience in, and it just ended up being a really great package altogether that God pulled together. And so I think this whole year strengthened my, me personally in my faith as, and, and my confidence in who God is and what he can accomplish through me, through a team working together, and through us as a church as we go and we send in Jesus' name. This has been the most satisfying and wonderful service opportunity that I have ever had. I've grown up in this church. I've done a lot of things here that I've loved, but this has been the best. As we've planned each project, God truly was orchestrating those details and guiding our steps along the way. And so I just want to give you a few other stories of what he did in the teams as they went. If you remember a year ago, I think even like a year ago now, right this week, in the news, 
the refugee crisis was huge. It was devastating to see those pictures. And we got a call from a missionary in um, Greece who asked us to come participate in Lesvos as the refugees were pouring onto the beaches. And so a team responded. And within just a couple weeks, we got, we got people together, and they went, and they loved on people there. Um, they provided care for children and distributed dry clothes and shoes and processed families, and they listened to people people's tragic stories of loss and pain and persecution. Our team had conversations with a group of Pakistani men sitting around a campfire and were able to share the love of God with these people who had lost everything and faced very uncertain futures. This was a risky team to send, but I think that those who went really experienced a deeper trust in God as he protected and provided for them along the way. Another team that meant so much to me personally went to Poland, and we had sent several youth teams 20 years ago to um, an area called Piotrkov, and they were to go build a church building and help start a church there. And so in 1997, I was a teenager that went as a part of one of the youth teams, and um, over the years, our church has built a unique partnership and really helped to grow um, grow the church and help complete their structure, and that's been meaningful to them. Working with that pastor has been wonderful. And this year, we sent a team to lead an English camp to a group of teenagers who, were, um, who have yet to know Christ. Our church's partnership with Pastor Daniel has led to a strong church in Poland where lives are being transformed. In Ukraine, for seven, for seven years, we've had another partnership Uh, sending high school students and college teams to work with local churches in hosting camps for unchurched youth. And five years ago, our team held a camp uh, teaching English, and there was one youth that really stood out in the group. He was really resistant and um, even hostile to the message of Jesus. And yet, as the week went on, by the end of it, he'd given his life to Christ. Two years later, another team went, and they saw him, and he was growing in his faith, and that was really exciting to see. But this last year, when they went, another team from our church, they were actually able to see this young man who five years ago had given his life to Christ was leading the camp, and he was sharing his faith boldly, and he was discipling those who were around him. And it's just so encouraging to see the fruit of years of investment and that God is, God is working in these groups and transforming lives along the way. We have had several teams this year working with Josiah Venture in Ukraine and Czech Republic. And again, we are so proud of our high school students who have invested in this partnership and built a strong connection with the churches there. And we saw more people come to know, faith, come to know Jesus in faith this last year. Our faith as a church has been strengthened. Individual lives, their faith has been strengthened. And trust has been deepened. And our lives have truly been transformed in it. That's great, Father. Well, not only did we all step out, but several of our congregation said, hey, I'll go full time. I'll leave, take up stakes and move over. And we want to commission three of those families this morning who are heading out to Europe full time this year. So I want to, they're here somewhere. Come on down, guys. We want to pray for you. Um, 
three families that have been working hard. They've been all to training. They've been through an agency. They're raising support and they're heading out. First, we have Vern and Sue Reimer. What are you guys doing? We're going to be serving with uh, music, international university students, and also hospitality. In Lyon, France. In Lyon, France. Absolutely. And the West family. Yeah, we're blessed to be called to Budapest, Hungary. We'll be working with the uh, Budapest City team through outreach, and then as well as the Serve Europe team to uh, do business uh, with a lot of the missionaries throughout yeah. Europe. Your wife's ill today, but your two or your three daughters are here. She'll be well again and joining us. There you go. And you're a <laughs> businessman who's going to go out to help run the business for the missionaries there. That's just awesome, Mark. Lee and Katie Humarian. Yeah, we'll be moving to Lviv, Ukraine to be helping pioneer a music and outreach ministry to public schools with Josiah Venture there. Yeah. So the Humarians are in music and the Rhymers are in music. Which one do you think is the heavy metal band? <laughs> <laughs> God uses all of us in wonderful ways. So we want to pray for them. I'd like the elders to come up. Uh, those that are here, I'll have you guys take a kneel, take a knee. Um, the early church, whenever they sent out missionaries, they prayed for them. So if you're here, I'd like you to just put out a hand to them as we pray for them. Father, we want to thank you that you call us to step out. We thank you for these folks from our midst who we've lived with and cried with and worked with, we're now sending them to a place where it's darker, where they can be a light. So provide for them. Bless them. Encourage them. And Lord, we pray that there would be much fruit as the disciples stepped out, as Christians have stepped out, as they stepped out, step, step out now, that you would bless them and use them for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's thank them for going on our behalf. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And they'll be down here at the front if you want to talk to them. Several of them are still raising support if you want to get their newsletter or be able to pray for them. God calls us to step out. Maybe not that big now, but he calls us to step out. It might be unite our cities. You need to go online and take a step. But what's God been calling you to do? He speaks to all of us as his children. He calls us. He says, here's what I want you to do. Let's take a moment as we close this service to be quiet. Listen to his voice and then I'll close in prayer. Bow with me. Father, your people have had a history of stepping out and our church has a legacy of stepping out. We don't want to stop. We don't want it to stop with us. So Lord, speak to us. Embolden us. Give us courage. However big or small the step is. We look to you to lead us and guide us for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. I wanted to mention that we have more teams going out this year, and we have a kickoff next Sunday afternoon. So if you want to be a part of a team, you feel that's what God is calling you to do, come see us next Sunday. Eddie, close us out. Thanks, Dan.